Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. We're glad you're here. This is an unusual day. It's rainy, it's wet, it's windy, and it's November. <laughs> That's to be expected, I guess. But anyway, uh, welcome everybody online. This is Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're here. We're going to start, as we always do, with prayer, okay? All right, so let's pray. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you. In the name of the Lord, we come before your throne here this morning. In your name, your son's name, Lord, we come because he told us to come. Lord, we come because he said, if you ask, it shall be given to seek, and you will find, and knock, and the door shall be opened unto him. And then the next verse says, and everyone, not somebody, but everyone, or not just a little, but everyone who asks, receives. So, Lord, we're asking this morning. Father, we need your help in this country. Father God, we want, we want peace in the, in the world. We want peace in the, in the government, Lord. We want peace between man and uh, other men. And we just want peace, Lord. So we look to Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Father God, we pray, Father, to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would, would um, hear our prayer and hear from heaven. Forgive our sin. Heal our land as we turn away from our wickedness and we call upon your holy name. So, Lord, today, Father, we're going to do a study maybe pretty deep, maybe pretty shallow, some things that people already know, some things that they don't know. But when we're done with this, I want them to know what Jesus Christ has done for us, how he freed us from, from, from bondage and how he, he took away all of our sin for those of us who put our faith and trust and hope in him. Father God, I want them to see that we need to come before your throne boldly. I want them to see how you opened the curtain into the Holy of Holies, that we might come before your throne boldly because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and because we wear his robe of righteousness. His robe of righteousness, not ours. And because we're covered by his precious blood that washes away all of our sin. So, Father, we thank you today. Let your people see and hear and know what your Holy Spirit is saying to them today. And, Father, may we go from this place not just being called a Christian, but living as a Christian in this wicked and dark world. Moses did it. Father Abraham did it. Noah did it. Enoch did it. And they proved to us. David did it. Lord, they proved to us that we can live in a dark world and still be pleasing to you because our heart chases after you. Today, to you be the glory for it all. And Lord, may you open people's hearts and minds and may they willingly receive. Give them the courage to say yes to Jesus today. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you, church. And welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. Um, <coughs> I want you to know that you're talking, watching Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. For those of you online, we air every Thursday night at 7.15. We're studying in Genesis right now. Um, and we air every Sunday at 10 a.m., and we're glad to have you here. Tell your friends, your relatives, your neighbors <coughs> that it's time for America to wake up. It's time for us 
to call upon the Lord, and it's time for us to to be the people that God wants us to be. If we're called by Him name, His name, we should humble ourselves, pray, seek His face, and turn from our wicked ways, and you will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land, Lord God. And we need healing, not just in this land, but in the world, the United States and the world. So anyway, you can tune in. Um, you're already on the website, freedomchurchpb.org. On that website, you can find out who the leaders are here. You can find out, you can listen to any messages for years back. You just go to the menu and press on the message you want to hear. And uh, you can give online. There's a give button. You can give if you want to give. So we thank you for that. For those of you that are part of this church, you know, your giving is your tithe. For those of you who are part of another church, your tithe goes to that church. You can give a special offering to this church if you will, if you want to, and that's great because we support missionaries. We're a smaller church, but God has done a mighty work in this church over the last, we've been a church for about eight, nine years now. We've been in this place for six and a half, and uh, God has done mighty things. People walk in the door, they get saved, they stay, they leave, who knows what they do. They get baptized, and they're on their way to Thailand. It's really cool what God's doing. We baptized people from the island of Malta, uh, no, Cyprus, in Greek island. And we bought seven or eight of them, I believe. They got saved, preached the gospel, and uh, they got saved and baptized before they went back. And some of them came back a year later, and uh, they got baptized because they realized they needed to be baptized. By the way, on the back table, there's a, there's a list for baptism. Uh, I know there's a fellow in this church, Mario wants to be baptized, he just got saved, walking in the door here, uh, he got saved and he wants to be baptized just a few months ago and he's headed around the right path, just, you know, follow the Lord, just a few months later he decides to get baptized, I'd like to baptize more than him, so if you would like to, and if you haven't been baptized, please sign up on the back table. Um, we're going to wait till the weather, I guess, clears a little bit because it's been strange weather lately. So anyway, um, also for those of you that are out there and you want to attend the church service, we're open. We have masks in the back. We have gloves in the back. We have we, every week, you know, uh, our deacon, one of our deacons, Brian, fumigates this place with an, uh, disinfectant with a fog. And uh, if he don't do it, I do it. If And... Um, you know, so you can feel a little bit safe here. But then again, here's what you really want to be safe at. Psalm 91.1. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I tell everybody, to dwell and to abide is not just going to church on Sunday. It's every day. Dwelling in Jesus, abiding in Jesus. So, you know, so you can claim that verse. So, um, also, there's Bibles in the back. We also have little uh, testaments behind your seats there. They're Gospel of John. If you have somebody that doesn't have a Bible, there's Bibles in the back. Just take it. They're, they even have wrapping on it. They haven't been ever been used. And give them to somebody to read because that's how people get saved. They read the Word of God. They find out that God is real, that He does exist, that He does answer prayer, and then they become a follower of Jesus Christ by committing their heart to Christ. So we, th we thank you. There's also daily breads and a daily bread uh, Christmas version back there on the table. Take them home, pass them out to your friends um, so the Word of God gets uh, out there. We need the Word of God more in this world than we've ever did before. So 
So we thank you. Um, that's about it. Liz is going to lead us in worship today. Um, I really don't know how it's going to work out. I've been studying on where, where we're studying. I was studying in, uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 9, the first five verses, and then really the whole chapter. I was studying in Leviticus 16, practically the whole chapter. You know, I was studying in, um, in uh, First Chronicles 7, practically the whole chapter, and I don't know where I'm going to head. But I'm going to show you what Jesus did for us. We're going to play, play a video also. Uh, some of you that uh, aren't here, but they listen online, um, I, I sent the video to some of you that I know watch, um, but, you know, you might get an advertisement, but ours is edited so that we don't get a, an ad from Google, you know, saying something stupid. So, <laughs> but for on, on the use at home, you might get a message because it was too big to mail in that way, to email in that way. So you can get there, you might get a message, just wait till it says skip ad, press it, and we'll continue. You might be a little bit behind, but, but that's okay. Um, we're going to see what Jesus did for us and, and really appreciate, I believe, what, what he has done. But you know what? It's going to be all the Lord today, and which is what I pray every day, that um, you know, we wouldn't hear Pastor Joe up here. We would hear Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit speaking. Not through me as I break forth the word to you and to myself today. So we'll see what God does. Be ready. Be ready to hear from the Holy Spirit. That's all I have to say. Liz is going to lead us in some worship, and, um, and uh, we'll continue. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Before we move forward, just a quick reminder for everyone to silence your cell phones, please. And those that are able to listen up and praise and worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for your heart, Lord. Hallelujah. And may our praise and worship be acceptable to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, Lord. Oh, oh, 
what a sacrifice. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're so amazing, Lord. You're so awesome.
such a time as this, whew, you just need to hold on to that Jesus. You need to hold on to Jesus. He's our hope. He's our rescue. One day when heaven was filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried. Since far away, rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mount. Oh, 
buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified feel led that 
Let's go ahead and play that praise and worship again. And those are able to stay standing up. And those that want to sit down or kneel down. But we're going to but we're going to go ahead and play that song again. by the Holy Spirit. This is Freedom Church, a full gospel. Feel free. Hallelujah. I'm finding myself at a loss for words and the funny thing is it's okay the last thing I need is to to hear what you would say word of God speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay That's why we're here, Lord. We want to hear you speak. We want to hear you speak through your word. We want to hear you speak through our brothers and sisters. Lord, we just want to hear from you. Until that glorious day, 
Oh, we can't wait for that day. How oh, I wish the trumpet would sound right now and we'd be out of this Woo! place. Yes, Wouldn't Lord, that be great? Yeah. Lord God, we can let this world that don't believe in you fend for themselves until you bring all things into fruition and so many more will be saved and get into the kingdom. Lord, we can't wait for that day. We long for it, as you do, too. I can just picture you, Lord, in heaven, just saying, Dad, can I go yet? Can I go get my bride? Oh, Lord, can't wait for that day. Lord, speak to us today as we dig into your word. May you receive glory from it, Lord. And may Jesus Christ be lifted up on this earth, and you would draw all men's sin to his cross so that we can be forgiven and set free and be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. So, Lord, we can't wait for that day. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, church. You may be seated. I just want to real quick, before we go on, we're going to pray again. But real quick, I want to pray for Matt and um, Brett in Brazil. You know, we sent them off this week. So they're in Brazil. They're going to be down there for a while. I saw a little clip that uh, Suzanne sent on Facebook about Brett down there at the church with Matt showing us the little kids and the pastor and his children. So they're already in, in ministry. So let's pray for them, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we sent, we are glad you sent um, Brett and uh, Matt to Brazil, Lord God, to Recife, Lord, to uh, check on the church that was started there, you know, by by your Holy Spirit through um, Brett and Nona and their family. And Lord, we just pray for them right now. Lord, whatever you have in store for them, let them be a great encouragement to the church. Lord God, let them be used by you, Father, to bring deliverance, healing, salvation, Father God, to, to those in the, in the community, Lord. So, Father, we just put them in your hands. We bind back the forces of wickedness that are in heavenly places. We pour out your Holy Spirit over them, Lord God, over that place, over the church, over Brad, over Matt, over everyone that attends. We bind up the Holy Spirit in the name of, I mean, bind up the devil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power and the blood of Jesus, we cancel and we nullify and we tell the enemy to cease and desist from all activities against the missionaries down there in Brazil and against the church. Not just the church there in Recife, but the churches in Brazil as a whole. Lord, may your word prosper and may converts be made in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just another thing real quick for those of you that served in the armed forces of the United States, I'd just like to say this coming Wednesday is Veterans Day, so I thank you, veterans, you know, for keeping this country uh, free. Unfortunately, I think freedom has, uh, let's see, has, tyranny has infiltrated some of the government, and uh, all the people that died, the men that shed their blood, the women that shed their blood, you know, their the freedom is at, at stake, and um, I just pray that that we can you know, come against that in Jesus' name. And uh, for those veterans that, can, that you're here, I'll bet you it's half of the church, half of the the men that are here. Uh, would you stand up and let me pray for you? And even if you were in armed forces in another country, which I know there are some here, <laughs> okay? Listen, thank you, guys. Thank you. 
I appreciate it. The Lord appreciated it. You kept us uh, free, and uh, we really appreciate it. And by the way, I was reading online, you know, you can get a free lunch or dinner somewhere around here, you know, I think Applebee's and I don't know where else uh, the places, you know, will give you a free lunch if, you know, for your service. All you had to do was put your life online and then you get a free meal. That's, I can't beat that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray for these veterans, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for those men that fought for our country, whether they were in supply or whether they were out on reconnaissance, Lord. Father God, every man is important. Every woman is important in the war against, against tyranny, Lord, and against sin. So we thank you, Lord. But most of all, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the veteran of veterans, the one with the highest decorated medals in the entire universe, the one who conquered uh, the war of all ages with a single breath on Calvary while the rest of his troops had, yeah, what can I say, deserted him. He defeated the enemy with his last breath. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for giving us freedom in our spiritual man so that we can come into the kingdom of heaven. To you deserve all the glory, the honor, the praise forever and ever. In Jesus' name, Father, amen. Amen. God bless you. All right, as I said before, we're going to be, um, I'd like you to turn to Hebrews chapter 9, and I don't know how God's going to bring this. I studied, I studied, I studied, I studied some more. I got more confused, more confused. <laughs> and, and listen, you're going to see things. I'm going to try to explain some things. Um, I may be wrong on a couple explanations, but it doesn't really matter I just want you to see what Jesus did for us. I just want you to see that. That we don't have to go through this anymore. You know, what, what the Old Testament people had to go through just to get their sins uh, covered. Not forgiven, uh, not, not taken away, but covered. You know, so we're going to look at the little tabernacle, the tabernacle that God had designed while the Jews were in the wilderness. We're going to look at the temple a little bit, which was uh, very similar, but um, it was a real temple. Um, so I'm going to show you some of these things. But Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to do the first five verses, I believe. I'm going to be reading from, um, from the New American Standard. I also have the King James here, New King James here to study. And we're going to look at the temple, as I said. And now we're going to play a video so you can see, you know, I, it's like a, I, the message is called the journey through the veil. Okay? So you're going to see what the Jews had to do, the high priest had to do on the Day of Atonement. He had to walk through the temple and go into the Holy of Holies and bring, well, not without blood, you know. So, um, and it was a dangerous situation. These priests were probably, when they, ca they used to cast lots, I think, to, to, uh, to, uh, to be the high priest, to go into the temple, or the high priest himself who was, uh, what could I say, uh, chosen by lot. He had to go, and they were scared to death. You're living in the holy of holies. If you find out, well, if we get to Leviticus 16, the first few verses, I'm going to read it real quick. Just real quick, just the first couple verses. 
Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of his two sons, heir of Aaron, when they had approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he shall not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, or he will die. This was a scary thing for the priest. They had to do it perfect. They had to do it right. Aaron's sons were killed because they offered strange fire before the Lord. The Lord didn't tell them to do this. They offered their strange fire. Moses is telling Aaron, his brother, he's saying, listen, this is holy. This is holy. Be careful. We're going to find out that, you know, Jesus did it all for us now. We don't have to really worry about that. We do have to be careful to live for the Lord, but, but um, you know, we don't have to do this anymore. Jesus did it all for us. Praise God. Let's read chapter 9 of Hebrews, just a couple of verses, five verses, I believe, and I'm going to be touching on other verses in this chapter and in others. Now, even the first covenant, which is the Old Testament, had regulations of divine worship and the earthly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. Behind the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which is called the holy of holies, having a golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant upon all sides, covered on all sides with gold, in which the golden jar holding manna and Aaron's rod, which budded, and tables of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. But of these things we cannot speak of in detail. So Paul doesn't, even though he knew it well because he was a a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know, he knew what the procedure was. He's not going to speak of it well. So there's some things that are a little bit unclear because it's really no longer necessary because Jesus (laughs) accomplished it all. Praise the Lord. You know, these things that, that we can't speak in detail, I'm gonna, that Paul's talking about, I'm going to describe it to, to you from what I've studied over the years and even over, the, over this week, last couple weeks. But the furnishings in the tabernacle, and I want to, to, to tell you, you know, there was two things. The Old Testament, they had a tabernacle when they were in the wilderness for the 40-some years that they were there. God instructed them to build a tabernacle, and in that tabernacle, they had like an outer court. They had not a really, and there's a little outer court around it, but there was an inner court, which was called the holy place, and then there was the holy of holies, which was a smaller place. It was like 15 by 15 with the curtains that, that the veil that was made. Okay, and that was the holy of Hol- holy of holies. It's called the holiest of all in some of your Bibles. But only the high priest could enter into that place once a year, but not without blood. Very, very important. He had to carry blood in there. We're going to see what blood he carried, and he w- had to walk through this this uh, tabernacle and do this on the day of atonement only. which I believe is the month of Tishru, Tishri, the 10th day, the 10th day. So and I'm going to explain that when we get to there. But, but 
The first covenant had its regulations of worship, and it had an earthly sanctuary. Sacrifices were made on that earthly sanctuary. It was outside of the Holy of Holies. In other words, no sacrifices were killed inside the Holy of Holies. It was outside, and they were brought in the blood. The earthly, it never, the priest, according to verse 9 in this chapter, he entered never without any blood. He had to have blood. Blood is so sacred in the, in the Old Testament. And people say, well, why is it so bloody? Why is it so bloody? And I'm going to tell you why it was so bloody in the Old Testament. It's so that you could appreciate the precious blood of Jesus that shed his blood for the sins of this world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was building a respect for his son's blood, God the Father. A respect. This is holy blood. Even in Hebrews chapter 10, it talks about don't step on the, you know, don't treat the blood of Christ as unholy, as, as like stepping on it, you know, like it's unholy. Because this is the holiest blood that ever existed in the entire world. And God was saying, all these animals were dying for being sacrificed to just cover the sins of the people of Israel and the, and the priest and the high priest as they offered the sacrifices. For the tabernacle was prepared. It was a tent. But there was a temple, as you remember, years later, Solomon was, was uh, to build the temple. David wanted to build it. God wouldn't let him build it because he was a man of blood. But he appreciated that he wanted, that David wanted to build it. But he had David get ready all the furnishings, get the trees cut, the, the stones honed. And whenever David died, Solomon put it all together. It was a holy temple. And you saw, if you read your Bible, when Jesus walked the earth, you know, Herod had, had decorated this temple up a whole lot better. There was gold all over the east side. I mean, it was, a, I'm, I'm sure, a spectacular thing. So this uh, tabernacle was divided into two rooms, the holy place and the holiest of holies, which was a larger room. And behind that veil, you when you walked in, walked in there, you saw this veil, 15 by 15, 15 feet wide, 15 feet high. And the room itself was 15 by 15. It was square. So listen, you know, you saw that whole curtain, and on that curtain there were there were etchings of cherubim or seraphim on that altar on the on the curtain. That God designed this place and told them how to do it, and He even gifted the men. And the women that were going to make these curtains and make the, the Ark of the Covenant and all the, the brass instruments, he, you know, he had gifted these men. You know, I, I know you've, many of you know I'm a, I'm a professional sign painter by trade. I spent 40 years in the sign business. I've won national awards for sign painting and written in several sign magazines about my company and myself. And I'm going to tell you what, you know what, it's no charge to me. It was God that gave me that talent. I was God that gave me that talent. And even though today, you know the artists that paint these beautiful pictures? Van Gogh painting that really not so beautiful. But, you know, you have people like Karl Marx and, and uh, you know, other men like, uh, what's his name, Pino? I love Pino's art. Realistic art, you know. God gifted them for that. Some of them know it and some of them don't. I knew it. I knew that God blessed it. And not only that, you know what? God had to bless Van Gogh's painting because I certainly don't like it you know what I'm saying he had he was he somehow God impressed the liking of that painting on people in the world 
It's God doing everything here. And God's doing everything. So, the golden lampstand was in the, in the holy place. This was the only light. It was, listen, don't get it confused with the Hanukkah lampstand. The, the, the temple lampstand had six prongs and one in the center. It was three on each side and one in the center. And it was the only illumination inside the Ark of the Covenant, or not inside the Ark, but in the, in the outer, in the holy place. And it was the only light in the temple. And that light was lit for hundreds of years, and God lit it when Solomon's temple, when Solomon had the temple built, God fell upon that as, they, as he prayed, and God actually fired up those candles, and it actually stayed lit for like 374 years until 70 A.D. whenever Titus destroyed the temple and, and the fire went out. But God lit that several times over the years. When Josiah dedicated a temple, God fell and lit the candles. You know, Hanukkah is the nine candle. You know, has four on each side and one in the center. That is because in 164 B.C., a man named, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the Maccabees, the Maccabees they call it, tell us that 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 a troop, a band of men just got together to try to defeat the army that took over the temple, and they fought for, and this little band of men shouldn't have ta overtaken the, the mighty army that was there, but God did it miraculously. And then when they went into to, to the temple, the, the lampstand was out, and there was only one day's of oil left, one day. So what did God do? They poured the oil into the lampstand, all seven prongs, and it lit for eight days, which was the time it took to make new oil. One day's oil lasted for eight days until they made a new batch of oil according to the, the Word of God. See, God was in charge of this. And one thing it was, it was a demonstration to all people that God is God. They're, the God of Israel is God. It demonstrated to the people. Elijah on Mount Carmel, you know, on, uh, what is it, First uh, Kings 17, you know, Elijah, the fire came down and consumed the water in the trench, consumed the offering, and then the people said, the Lord, he is God, not Baal, not Asherah, but the Lord, he is God, God. When that fire fell, you know what, they realized that God of Israel was God, you know, and I'm going to tell you what, the fire fell in this world today on the on the Christian church and Acts you can find it chapter 2 the Holy Spirit fell and people got saved and God fired up the church again but now the fires in here not out there the fires in your heart and we're gonna see this uh, as we go along now Shekinah glory that's what we're talking about here. In John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to them and said, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This is the same light. Who is the light? Who is that light in the sanctuary? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the light of the world. Here's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, when, when uh, it's Saul, Solomon, Solomon, you know, dedicated the temple. Now, when Solomon had made an end of the prayer, 
okay? The fire came down from heaven, and it consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground and the and the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord God, saying, For he is good, his mercy endures forever. Listen, Solomon dedicated the temple that he had built as instructed by God to David. Okay, he built the temple um, when he when he prayed, the fire came down, consumed the burnt offering. It's a saying that God has, God has given approval to this temple. He is telling Solomon and Israel, God has given uh, approving what is being done here. Okay? The priests were unable to enter because the glory of the Lord was all over. The Jews call this the Shekinah glory. It's not mentioned in the Bible anywhere, but it's called the Shekinah glory of God. You know, and how do we see that? Well, you can see that in Jesus. He's the light of the world. He's the Shekinah glory of God. The sacrifice was consumed by fire from heaven. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. This fire was burned for, for, from, from 586 B.C. When, when Nebuchadnezzar captured Jerusalem, okay, and hauled them to Babylon, it burned for for se- till the, till the 70 years was were complete and if you go back to find out when it was lit you'll find out it was 500 or so 374 years that fire was lit and it was lit by God it still hasn't gone out because now it's in our heart the fire of God the temple was completed in in 960 BC and then and in 586 BC the Babylonian te- captivity that brings it out to 374 years if you do the subtraction. Maccabees tells us that it was renewed miraculously. Hanukkah, 164 B.C. And then it burned for another 200 years before it went out. Before it went out. God did it. The priests were unable to enter the temple for the glory was all around. They were scared to death. They bowed their faces to the floor. Now we can come before the throne of God boldly. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. These people were scared. God could have consumed them at any time, but he didn't. He, he wanted them to realize that he is God. The people worshiped. The priests worshiped. They fought, the children of Israel worshiped. They fell on their feet. And you and I are to worship today still because of his glorious name, his glorious power, and his glorious love for us, which we see at the cross of Christ. Light. Jesus is the light in that candlestick. Okay? He's the light of the world. You know what the scriptures say? The scriptures say, The Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Light makes you, it it answers a question of direction. It tells you which way to go. Light. Jesus is seen in the light in the temple because he's a shadow of the New Testament that's to come. There was no other source of light in this temple. Jesus is the only source of light then, and he's the only source of light now. 
Something interesting was said at the men's Bible study yesterday, you know, that God created light the first thing. This was not the light of the sun or the moon. The sun and sun was not the sun moon, but the sun was created later. You know, let there be light. You know what that was? That was Jesus. Light. And he illuminated the whole world. And if you read the New Testament, you'll find out that in heaven, when we get there, there is no sun and there is no moon because God illuminates the whole whole place. His light, his righteousness. That's why if you see him in all your glory, you know, in all his glory, you're dead. Moses said, I want to see you. And God hit him in the cleft of the rock until he passed by and he could see his hind parts because he would have died. Then in that outer inner court, the holy place was a place called a table called the table of showbread. And on that table of showbread, you know, there were once a week they changed the bread and there was 12 loaves, one for each tribe of Israel. And really what God is saying to that is that I approve, I, I accept these 12 tribes of Israel. He re represents them, those 12 loaves of bread. The priests were only able, able to eat it, but you know, well, one time David and his men ate it because it was holy, but David was in God's will to do it. It had to be done. They were hungry, they were starving, and the kingdom was at stake. Then there was the table of the golden ardor of incense, which was just before the curtain as they went in. And there was incense burned there. And there was golden censer that the, they took the hot coal out of the, out of the uh, let's say, uh, you know, the hot coal that had fragrance in it. And they would put it in the censer and it would smell, have a sweet smelling aroma. But then if you went to Isaiah chapter 6, you say, what, what's this got to do with anything? Isaiah chapter 6. Remember, Isaiah was... Okay, let me read it for you. Isaiah chapter 6. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim flew above him. Each, wing, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. When I... Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, I, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth, and it was said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. Something, this, has, this altar of incense has something to do with that. You know, look at, he wasn't touched by blood. He was touched by this coal on the altar. That, that incense and the golden censer actually had a holiness to it that covered the priest. That's the way I read it. Anyhow, you know, it has covered the priest. And this is, this is something, we don't have to do any of this anymore. You realize that? And that altar had horns on it. And that's where the priest sprinkled some of the blood outside in the holy place. But there's a barrier between the holy place and the holy of holies. It was called the veil or called the curtain, you know. 
and behind the second veil, that's 15 by 15, and it was very tall. I think it was 30 feet tall. I'm not exactly sure of that. But it had embroidered designs on it of graven images like cherubim. And I wonder, you know, we're in the Ten Commandments. It says, make no image of what is in heaven and on earth. But God described it and had it done here. You know what the point is? Don't worship something that you made. Or don't worship something that, that looks like something. You worship God, who is the creator of that something. Listen, it hung on pillars. And it divided the holy place from the holy of holies. And only once a year the high priest was able to enter that. Hebrews 9.11 says this, But when Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say that of his creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. See, this was for the holy place. This was a whole picture of what God is going to do someday. It's a shadow of things to come. You know, the, the blood, of course, is the blood of Christ that's going to be shed on Calvary. And, uh, and he did this for us. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm personally... I don't like to kill animals. I'll kill a snake, if it's, especially if it's poisonous. I saw a three-and-a-half-footer in my yard yesterday, and I didn't chase him around. I just sat there and looked at him. You know, he wasn't someone who was going to harm me. But I used to have 30 snakes in the yard. There, I whittled them down pretty good. But I've decided I'm not going to kill any more snakes that aren't venomous. But if I see a venomous one, he's as good as dead. Or I am. But it'll be him. So, so, but I don't like to kill animals. So I couldn't, I wouldn't like to live back in the Old Testament where I had to slaughter a lamb or a sheep. And I, we don't have to do that today. I'm glad I live in the 19 and the year 2020 because I don't have to go out to my backyard, grab a chicken, and have them for dinner. I don't want to do that. I'd rather go to the store and buy it. You know, I just, not, I just don't like blood. I'm glad Jesus took this off of me. I really am. Uzziah picked that censer up, if you remember right, in Second Chronicles 26. He picked the censer up, and he was acting like a priest. And the priest came to him, 80 of them, and they said, you, you ain't supposed to be doing this, King Uzziah. And then, you know, he was just exalted. He was proud. He was too proud. And what happened was leprosy broke out on his forehead. Because he didn't obey God. I mean, you know, this is, this is stuff we don't have to worry about today because Jesus did it all. You've been set free. That's why this is named Freedom Church in the Palm Beaches. We've been set free from the yoke of bondage. We don't have to worry about that. And then the ark behind the curtain, you know, there's a, it, it's a shadow of, the, of heaven. There's a shadow for the New Testament that behind the, the, the curtain that was made was the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant, as you well know, um, had three things in it. It had, it had the, the golden pot of manna. Remember, manna only lasted one day, and then it turned to worms and stunk 
okay? This golden pot of manna was in the Ark of the Covenant. And it was a reminder of the provision that God gave them in the desert for 40 years. It was inside the ark, so they would realize this. Then there was the rod of Aaron that, that budded. And that, that, the purpose of that being in the Ark of the Covenant is a reminder of their rebellion. They were rebelling against Aaron, and they were rebelling against Moses, and therefore they were rebelling against God. And therefore, you know, he put the, you know, they, he, Moses had him put 12 staffs in the earth, and the one that budded by morning, then he was, the, he was chosen by God. And, of course, it was Aaron's staff that budded. And, of course, they reminded them of their, they were in rebellion to God's leadership. And we can't be in God, rebellion to God's leadership in the church. It goes this way, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it comes, it comes uh, husband, wife, children. You know, we got to follow that. We got to follow that pattern. It's a reminder. We can't rebel against God's authority. The children can't rebel against the parents, and the parents can't rebel against one another. Then there was the tablets of the covenant, the second set. Because you remember when Moses came down from the mountain with the two covenants, the two stones of the Ten Commandments, and he saw the golden calf and he threw the stones down and they busted in pieces and there was an earthquake that devoured, you know, the, the, the people that were in disobedience. It was a reminder to them of their failure to keep the Ten Commandments. And we need to be reminded that today. Because on the back table, there's a thing about Judge Moore in the 1990s, you know, who was thrown off his bench in Georgia because he would not take the Ten Commandments down off the wall. And he was thrown off the bench. Listen, if this goes any longer in the United States of America, we are in really, really big trouble. Because God's blessing will be removed from this. They were rebelling against the covenant of the Ten Commandments, and the world is rebelling right now against the covenant of the Ten Commandments. There's adultery going on. There's incest going on. There's all kind of lying and cheating and, and going on in the world today. And most, for the most part, they don't even obey the first commandment, which was to, which was to keep God in first place. Children are rebelling against parents, and when it's written, honor, honor your parents because you have a blessing in honoring your parents. It's called long life. If you honor your, your parents, God will give you a long life. So, we, you know, we can't just throw out the Ten Commandments. On the Day of Atonement, so it's, the priest would then, of course, go. He couldn't go through the curtain. He had to go around the ends because it was one piece. And it was several layers thick. He had to go around the end and enter. But not without blood. But not without blood. But before he did that, before he did any of this, according to Leviticus 16, chapter verse 1 and onward, he was to, on the day of atonement, the high priest was to put on garments of humility. A garment of humility. A high priest always wore that highly decorated robe and vesture with the 12 tribes and the 12 stones on it. I'm sure it was very beautiful. Gold, precious stones. But on this day, the Day of Atonement, he had to put on, on garments of humility. He has to wear a simple, they were simple, they were humble, they were white, and they were, it was linen. It was linen. He wore he had to wear, he had to first of all, he had to bathe himself in the 
outer court in the holy place. Then he had to to put on the linen tunic, pure white. Then he had to put on the linen trousers. Then he had to put on the linen sash. Then he had to put on the linen turban. And then he had to take a bull. He had to sacrifice that bull for himself and for his family. Then he had to take a ram, and he had to sacrifice that as a burn offering. The bull was for sin offering. The ram was for a, a uh, burnt offering. And then he had to take two kids of goats for a sin offering, one for the Lord and one to escape, called the scapegoat offering. We see that. He, what he would do, he would cast lots. One of those goats would be for the Lord, and it would be sacrificed. The other goat, while he was sacrificing that goat, he would lay his hands on the other goat. He would confess all the sins over that goat of all his family, his household, his, his Israel. He would confess it, and then they would let the goat go into the wilderness. And your skin, your, he was the escape goat. I know they call this the scapegoat offering. He was escape escaped goat. Listen, you can be the escape, escaped goat. You know, we have a picture of that in Barabbas and Jesus standing before Pilate. When Pilate said to, to the Jews, he said, listen, you have a custom. I can let one of these go. Do you want me to give you Barabbas or do you want me to give you Jesus? And they cried out, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. You know what? Barabbas was the escaped goat because he was going to die on that cross. But instead, Jesus died on that cross. And you know what? Today, same offering, same choice. You're Barabbas. Now, you have a choice. You can repent and be saved, or you can let your sins go into the wilderness and not be forgiven, and then someday they'll be brought to your account. But you gotta, you gotta be. You, you, God. There's pictures of Jesus all through the Old Testament. It's so beautiful. I wish I could capture them all. I wish I could explain them all. They're so beautiful what Jesus has done for us. You have an opportunity to escape. All of you out there that don't know Jesus, all you gotta do is put your faith in Him, and then the lot falls on Jesus for you, and you get to escape of from your sins, from the penalty of your sins, which is death, eternal death the high priest does this on the day of atonement Hebrew no first Peter talks us right this in 3 318 first Peter 318 for Christ here's the picture for Christ died also once for all the just for the unjust in order that he might bring us to God having put the death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit and that's what he has done for us. He died once for all the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. He did it for you. He died once for all. All you got to do is believe it. What's so hard about that? Why is this tabernacle so important to us today? Well, number one, God, today, we're God's tabernacle. Do you know that? Back in those days, it was the, the tent, it was the, the, um, the tabernacle, then it was the temple of Herod, and then now we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16, 6.19 also say, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? You're the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in you? Guess where the Holy Spirit dwelled in this temple? 
he dwelled in the Holy of Holies. And on top of the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant where his blood was sprinkled. That was the lid. Listen, you are now the tabernacle of God. You are now where the presence of God did. In the Old Testament, when the priests carried the Ark of the Covenant as God moved, they carried the Ark of the Covenant, and what the Ark of the Covenant was where the presence of God was, and when the Ark moved, Israel moved. So now God lives in your heart. So when he moves in your heart, you have to go. You have to follow. And he moved on your heart, and he says, Jesus Christ is Lord you got to follow. you got to follow. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit today. That's why these tabernacles in this temple are so important. Number two, God's presence is within us. God's presence is in us. God dedicated, Solomon dedicated a temple to God. God lights it with a fire. We dedicate our temple to God, and he lights your heart with a fire. What did John the Baptist say? You know, that he who comes after me will not will baptize, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Your fire should be in your heart. I feel the fire in my heart right now burning for this message. I hope I'm being clear. Number three, why is the tabernacle so important today? As believers, we are part of the priesthood. The Bible says, 1 Peter 2.5 says, says this, that, in, that you also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for the holy priesthood, for a holy priesthood. That means each one of us is a stone in God's temple, and God's putting us all together in exactly the way he wants to put it together. He's painting the picture. He's building the tabernacle. He's building the house of God. He's building a royal priesthood. You are, according to 1 Peter 2.9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a people for God's own calling our own possession, so that we may proclaim and excel. May we may proclaim the excellence of his calling. Listen, if you've been called by God, that's an excellent thing. You need to respond and say, yes, Lord, I will follow. Hebrews 9, 11 and 12, I think I read that, and I did. Let me read it again. But when Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of the creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption he made us to be a kingdom of priests says revelation 520 510 i'm sorry he made you to be a kingdom of priests to god and we're going to reign on this earth someday number four what's so important about the tabernacle our tabernacle shows a pattern of worship described by god the temple shows us a pattern of worship hebrews 10 19 through 25 let me read it. Hebrews 10, 
19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. The, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some. In other words, why aren't you in church? Why aren't you in church out there over the Internet? You aren't getting fellowship by watching TV. You aren't getting encouragement by watching TV. You aren't going to hear somebody say, God bless you, by watching TV. You aren't going to hear somebody come, up or somebody come up and hug you and give you a holy hug watching TV. You are supposed to be in church because that's where you learn and that's where you grow up. But imagine the scene. Imagine the scene whenever the temple was dedicated to God. And remember when when Josiah dedicated the temple, it was the same thing happened. Animals were sacrificed. There was a party going on. Imagine the scene. Second Chronicles 5.14. When the high priest came from the holy place, for all the priests who were present and had sanctified themselves without regard to divisions, and all the Levitical singers with Asp, Asp, Haman, Shebathah, and their sons and kinsmen clothed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, and with them 120 priests blowing trumpets. You know, I've had people say, I don't like that shofar that you blow in the church here. And 120 trumpets blowing here. You don't like it? Get with the program. The Word of God says to be it. Do it. Do it. One. 20 priests blowing trumpets in unison with the trumpeters. Now we got trumpets blowing. Okay, imagine this scene. Okay, the trumpeters and the singers who were make themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord. And when they lifted their voice, accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and instruments of worship, and when they praised the Lord, saying, He indeed is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting, then the house of then the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, and so the priests could not stand to minister because the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house. You know why? Because they went all out for God. This wasn't a Super Bowl game. This was even better than a Super Bowl game by a million times a million, and a million's added to it. Listen, I have a symbol in here nobody uses anymore. But people don't like the shofar. I'm telling you what, God deserves all of our praise, all of our glory, all of our honor, whatever you want to do with your heart. David danced unto the Lord and says naked, and I don't know if he was really naked in the Bible. He danced unto the Lord. And before all Israel, the king humbling himself before Israel. And yet his wife, Michael, Saul, or King uh, Saul's daughter, despised him for that, and because of that, she was barren. In other words, it cost her. 
It costs you something. Listen, if you can't worship the Lord, you got a problem. I don't care who you are. But I see, and I watch people, some people can worship the Lord really freely and other people can't. Listen, you need a deliverance here. I got uh, deliverance applications on the back table back there. You know, because man, if you if you love Jesus, you're going to be, uh, give me a cymbal, give me a harp, give me a lyre, give me stringed instruments. Psalm 150 talks about all that, stringed instruments, lyres, harps. You know, wow. Imagine this scene going on here. Josiah, not only the, back in in uh, Moses' day, they only sacrificed like a hundred and, a hundred and, uh, was it, twelve hundred oxen or stuff like that? Listen to this. In Josiah's day, which is years later, 30,000 plus 3,000 bulls, 2,600 from the flocks of Israel, 26, 5,000 from the flocks, and 10,000 bulls, or 500 bulls. It increased, man. This is a bloody day. Remember those clean white linen robes that the high priest was wearing? Now it's covered with blood. And someday, Revelation 19, Jesus is going to come back with all of us with him, and he's, his robes are covered with what? Blood. Listen, I'm going to walk you through this temple now. Uh, Liz is going to play a video I'm going to, I'm going to, as, as we're watching this video, I might explain a few things that might be confusing. You don't have to sing. But after we're done, I'm going to play, have Liz play it again, and I want you to sing it. Okay? Let me explain if I, as we go along. Pretend you are the high priest in the old days, and you're walking through the, ta- through the tabernacle or the, or the temple, whichever you prefer to look at, and I'll try to describe a few things for you. That's the tabernacle, okay, in the wilderness. Fire by night, cloud by day. Right there you see the, this is the outer court. And through the holy place, past the brazen brazen altar. This is the first curtain. You see the golden lampstand on the left. Right in front of the center, there's the golden lampstand. Right there is the altar of incense with the golden censer that was brought in. covenant where the dwelling of the Holy Spirit was. Right on the left. 
There's a showbread on the right. Dressed in white, that's the linen curtain, the veil. Take the cold, cleanse my lips, here I am. 
us sing that again but I just want to explain you know a priest is walking through the the court and that's where the sacrifice was being made okay and then he would go into the into the holy of holies that's a picture really of what Jesus did where did he die outside he died outside and then when he's dead he entered into the holy of holies with not without his blood, the Lamb of God. Remember, John told us, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He entered into that. I believe he actually entered into the, into the Holy of Holies, so applied his blood to the altar, so you call, he only had to die once for all, the just for the unjust. And then that curtain was tore wide open, which tells you all are welcome. All are welcome. I don't care if you're red, yellow, black, or white, green, purple, or a Martian. It's good for Jesus' blood was enough. And we need to know that. We need to believe that. We need to see that. What the, what the person said as they were singing was, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Do you see the beauty in this? We don't have to do it all more. He did it all for us. We come to church on Sunday. And that's it. And we go home. And hopefully we live for the Lord the rest of our lives. But he did it all. We don't have to worry about it. We, he entered by the blood. 
We should want to know him. We should want to love him. And that's what every priest, I think, that was supposed to be walking in that temple, into the, into the temple or into the, the tabernacle, was just love on the Lord because they were after his heart. And we need to be after God's heart in America especially today because the light of Jesus is enough for, this, for us. I just want to end with with one verse. And it's 1 Peter 3.18, which I said before, for Christ also died once for all. We don't have to do this anymore. The Jews don't have to do it anymore. The just for the unjust. He was just and I'm unjust. That he might bring us to God because he gave himself. Now we're free. We can come to God. Having been put to death in the flesh, he's made alive in the spirit. And so can we be made alive in the spirit. Many of you don't know Christ out there, you need to do it today. It's a simple prayer with all of your heart. Pray it, and the blood of Jesus covers you. He washes away your sin, and because of that, you can enter the kingdom of heaven because you considered his blood as holy. And that's why the priest had to enter into the holy of holies to sprinkle on the ark the blood, not without blood. You have to apply Jesus' blood to your life, and you will be set free. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this message today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Father, I know some of it's complex, some of it's and who, who knows what, but we want to hear what your Holy Spirit says to each of us today. And Lord, that people would be unashamed to come to your throne, to come before you boldly, because Jesus opened the access to the kingdom of heaven for us. And Father, we come before your throne boldly right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. I love you all. Love you all. Anybody wants to come up to the altar, I'm here.